This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by Plugs. Do a lot of those on this episode. First, I'm going to plug our Patreon. Join our Discord. Throw a dollar at our face. It's only a dollar a month. What are you doing with a dollar? You spent a dollar on way worse. Don't lie to me. Next thing, we're going to actually give a shout out to Empirical Designs. They make our t-shirts and are making a new one now. And also, our five-star question of the week. How do you do that exactly? We explain in the podcast, but I'll do it right now again. You go on iTunes, you put a five-star review, you put a question in it, no matter what it is, and we'll probably answer it on the podcast. So, well, from there, let's start this thing. And start a podcast now. Okay, bye. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I am a sedated man. Gregory, say hello. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is, right? This, this is life in the tank, guys. I'm this deep, is what it is. I'm deep in the tank, and we're going to bring on uh, some guys from the Knicks wall later who've been on the podcast before to talk about life and tanking and rooting for a tanking team because, you know, Greg, you and I have had a pretty busy past couple weeks on the on the Bushwick Breakaway. I mean... The we- crazy thing is it's felt... The trade deadline honestly feels like a month ago. It feels like five years ago at this point. Uh, yeah. It, we were so swamped with all the breaking Ranger news constantly. And just the state of the Rangers we did last week where we covered literally everything to do with this team. And now we're kind of a little ways out or it feels like it feels like it's been forever. And I'm watching the team kind of dwindle and lose. And it, I'm fine with it. It's very weird. I'm fine with the end results. And I'm even fine with some of the process it's taking to get to the end result. When people think tank, people think the Rangers are not trying to win. And I don't think anyone's ever going to accuse the New York Rangers or any professional athlete of not playing hard enough on a given night. No player is taking the ice thinking, I, I hope we lose tonight. Like that's, that's not the point of a tank. The point of a tank and we're going to get into this because it's probably my biggest gripe. Mm-hmm. The whole point of a tank is to try things you otherwise wouldn't try because you're no longer worried about the end result. What? So you you try. No, no, no. What I mean is, like, I'm not. Obviously, it's better for the Rangers to lose every game, but at the same time, you can't. Even as a fan, you can't really be angry if the Rangers win because they found the combination that worked or a a line of a center centering two different wings who hasn't done it all year it just clicks and plays out of their mind. Like that, that stuff shouldn't get you angry. Like that's part of a tank. You have to figure out, for example, like when you play Deharnay on the first line, like you want to know if you got that, something there, that is taking knowing you don't want to win. <laughs> just stuff that we've talked about on this pod before, even when the Rangers were trying to be competitive. Yeah. That shit doesn't make any sense. I, that was very confusing. That uh, it's not very confusing. That's fucking Elaine Vigneault, dude. I think we should. That's do his a, mo. We should do a Bizarro episode in like the future where we just don't talk about Elaine Vigneault. We just don't mention him. I don't know how we're gonna pull that off, but I'm excited to try. It's just 50 minutes of silence. Are we only talk, are we only talking about like baseball? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a Mets and Yankees episode only. 
I'm just confused how we pull that off. I don't know. I don't think it's possible right now. Yeah, and then, but, you know, try new things like put pa- Pavel Buchnevich on the third line. Well, that's not really new. <laughs> no, no, again, that's going right back <laughs> in the whole habits. Same old, same old. The, the new shit would have been when Mika Zibanejad was out with the flu, putting Nemesnikov on the top line between Buchnevich and Kreider. Greg, how just dare you? How happens. dare you try something exciting? Not even try something exciting. It's just you have to use the tank properly. The tank is to figure out what pieces are going to work for you next year. You And the only way you're going to figure that out is not by trying to force a combination to work because the roster might look completely different this time in June or July yep. or August or whenever. The trades are going to happen. Players are More players are going to leave the New York Rangers. So I'm not worried about establishing chemistry on a nightly basis between Kevin Hayes and Ryan Spooner. It's great that it's working. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's not fun watching Kevin Hayes and Ryan Spooner play together. I'm saying, okay, we now have had a long enough look at that to know that that could work. Now put Spooner with someone else to see if that could possibly be better or worse. Honestly, if it's worse, we learn more, not just about Ryan Spooner, but about the player he's playing with. You experiment to figure out what the fuck piece works in this big-ass jigsaw puzzle that is the NHL. Right, oh. which, which, by the way, the NHL right now might be the most talented it's ever been or been in the last 15 years. Could be, but let us I guess we're going to get right into this because my biggest gripe over the last couple of weeks is not that the Rangers have been playing lackluster hockey. It's that Elaine Vigneault is not realizing what the fuck to do with these players. Now, to be fair, Elaine Vigneault has never realized what the fuck to do with these players, but it's, it's, it honestly it's might be more frustrating now. It really might be more frustrating now. Yeah. It might be, especially because we're now officially in this process of rebuilding. I mean, we put out the letter. So why he's still here is a little baffling. I think they'll maybe get rid of him in the offseason, even though we've had the conversation that that may not happen. And listen, it's it's frustrating to say the least. But that's not even – if AV is going to be here, there has to be a conversation from someone in the front office or someone in management telling him, hey, man – you know what? If you want to just mix up these lines every night, now's the time to do it. If you want to put Kevin Hayes on the top line with Spruner and VZ just to see what the fuck they can do, go for it. If you want to put Nemesnikov between Zuccarello and Chris Kreider, go for it. Now's the time to do it. If you want to give Mika Zibanejad a night off just because you know what he's capable of doing with the players on this roster, why not? Go for it, man. Doesn't make sense. Like, this, this is the time to do it. Just do you it. Know what? This, this is the time. A part of the problem is, and Gordon is responsible for some of this, Cody McLeod should not be here. David DeHarnay should not be here. And Paul Carey should not be playing. These players will not help the New York Rangers in 2018-19 season. Nope. They're not going to do it. They barely help now. They but don't help now. McLeod might be one of my least favorite Rangers in the past, like, four years. He's Tanner Glass without even the fun. A- minutia of skill yeah like like, like, like i'll be honest Greg, we had about tanner glass every now and then he would make a hockey play cody mcleod can barely skate and i love tanner just like the meme level of tanner glass himself and his presence and his smile and his nice draw line i mean i really enjoyed that about him <laughs> cody mcleod is useless like that that man god bless him for being able to collect a professional paycheck <laughs> camera, on a camera basis. view to cody mcleod hey <laughs> <laughs> just, just those three guys shouldn't be here anymore. Vinny Lettieri should be up here. We should be trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to be for this team next year. Yeah. This isn't even a call for Hedo and Anderson. There are 
CBA related reasons why those guys aren't up here. And I understand them. And I'm not saying they should be here, but they'll be up for the last couple games. That's it. Those three specifically should not be here. When's the Rangers ever going to get a good look in the NHL of Ryan Gropp? I think we all know right now that Ryan Gropp is not going to be the player we thought he was when the Rangers acquired him. At the same time, you're never going to get a better chance to see what he can do in the NHL than right now. Just throw, because throw the, the result doesn't matter. The only thing that matters right now is the individual performance. That, at the end of the day, that is what a, a tank job is. The tank job becomes less about the team and more about the individual because you have to figure out what pieces work and what pieces don't. And if you're not going to do that, then you're not tanking. And this is why you're making the case as to why the king himself should be sitting. He he should be. He should have been. First of all, the fact that Henrik Lundqvist is going to come close to sitting a career high in games played in his age 36 season, which is a meaningless season. Meaningless. Yeah, let's let's emphasize this. Guys, the best result for us, and this sucks to say as a fan, is to lose. If you want better odds at getting into the top three, which, by the way, it, it would be phenomenal for the Rangers going forward, losing isn't the worst thing here. And I know everyone's obsessed with this this uh, hag streak of 30, 30 games won. Uh, I, that's great and all. It's just going to be – it's got to be over. I want I, – he's going to be here for the next couple of years. I want him in the best shape possible. Why are we wearing Hank down in a time where we should be trying things? Like, Pavlik is hurt, but why not play Georgie? At the same time, we're, we're saying the best outcome the Rangers could have is a loss, and that's true. If Georgiev gets in goal and just posts three straight shutouts, that too is beneficial. Because now you're proving the point that the Rangers have an NHL-caliber goalie they can put behind Henrik Lundqvist moving forward. Yeah. If the Rangers win with Georgiev in goal, that's a good result. Yes, it hurts our draft stock. But it helps answer a question this team needs to figure out before next season starts. The Rangers do not. They're going to have mountains of cap space, but they do not need to be going out spending even a million and a half dollars like they did this year on Pavlik, who's been fine. Pavlik's been fine. But if the Rangers have a goalie in-house making the equivalent of league minimum and he can start NHL games, now now's the time to figure it out. Why not? Does it make sense? We'll figure it out. If the Rangers win with Georgiev in goal, I'm not going to be angry right. because it's telling me more about Georgiev. And you, you can just give John Tavares a call and be like, our backup goalie is better than both the goalies on the Islanders. So our what, backup are you, goalie what are you doing? Is better than any goalie John Tavares has had the pleasure of skating in front of him. <laughs> That's going to be – we're going to – the new segment moving forward on the podcast every week is we need to give a one good reason – for John Tavares? Yeah, one good reason for Johnny. One, one good reason this week is our backup goalie is better than the Islanders' starting caliber goalies. Johnny, come on over, man. Johnny, you don't have to move. You don't have to pay more taxes. You don't have to – your commute, honestly, going to be just as shitty because Penn Station is a trash heap. It is. At least, at least you're getting off in Manhattan and not Brooklyn. If Brooklyn was so nice, would the Dodgers have left – I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think we all know that you're going to stay in Brooklyn so you can catch some more Nets games. They don't even have Ooh. a first round draft pick until 2021. Yeah, boy. I'm not saying the Nets make the Knicks look competent, but they sure do come close. They do. Well, listen, Johnny. Johnny. It's MSG, man. All right. And good news, Johnny, we'll let you coach too. Yeah. Listen, fuck, what do you- fuck it. If you want to come to the Rangers, you can also be a player coach. What do you want to do? And captain. Yeah. We'll give you everything. You can put on your jersey PC. 
<laughs> player, player, play, PCC, player, coach, captain, player, coach, captain, PCC. All right. I, I'm going to talk myself into him coming. I really am. It's going to feel really bad when he doesn't. It's um, already happened. You already think he's coming. I do think he's coming. I really do. I, before I go to bed every night, I'm like, I go soon and I just fall asleep peacefully. <laughs> you just look up, you see the number 91 Jersey already in the rafters for oh, the Rangers. Jesus. It feels so good. And then the fact that I could just go to the Nassau Coliseum wearing my Rangers John Tavares jersey and just cheer and drink beer. Oh, my God. I'm crying. I'm crying right now. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm shedding tears. I will say this. The Rangers will not get John Tavares if Elaine Vigneault is still the head coach. Just yep. another reason to get rid of Elaine Vigneault. Just I have nothing to back reason. that statement up, but it's fact, and I know it's fact. Yep. <laughs> listen, we, only, listen, we have sources. I don't know if you know this, Greg. No, we have sauces. We have sauces that tell us. There's we no way sauces. Johnny would come here if A.V. still the coach. Sounds like A.V.'s got to go. That's it. It's just so frustrating with A.V. And again, this isn't us saying that Lindy Ruff is the answer. Nope. Fire the entire fucking coaching staff. Not at all. Let the, let the players just freelance. The, a freelance system would be better than the system the Rangers currently run. Player coaches. Well, well speaking of players and doing great things, Ryan sure. Spooner is making a fantastic case to stay on this team. He's been great. He's been great. I don't think anyone can say anything besides Ryan Spooner's been great. I've seen more Ryan Spooner uh, enthusiast Twitter handles this week than ever before. Everyone's on the Spooner train. It's it's wonderful. And you know what? It's making the Rangers' upcoming decision this offseason harder, and that's a good thing. I think when the trade happened, and we've said this on the podcast, uh, if you asked me the day after all the trades happened and McDonough was in Tampa Bay, if the Rangers had to choose one player between – Nemesnikov, Spooner, and Hayes to trade it would have been Spooner. And I wouldn't have really thought that hard about it. Suddenly. It, it's hard. I, it's hard. Um, I said today we, we did a – we didn't. I did a very quick, here are some things I think may happen with the Rangers and other teams moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy VC to me is is gone. He gone. Yeah, I really, I, I, I really I think, think he's gone. And I don't th- – in his defense, I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think he got misused while he was here. Um, it's just the Rangers have the Rangers. They can't keep all the restricted free agents, and no. to me, they probably have to move at least two. And VZ is just the easiest to move. He's you're not moving Shea. No, and then you have a hard decision to make between Hayes, the Mesnikov, and Spooner. Honestly, for the first time ever, I think on this podcast. Whoa, I think are you Mes- going there? I think Nemesnikov is the one you definitely keep. I don't I don't consider trading him at all. I think the debate is now Spooner or Hayes. Whoa. You've been like choo-choo of the Hayes train all this is, year. This is not a criticism of Kevin Hayes. And maybe the problem here is I'm looking at Spooner with too much hope and through too gracious of lenses, but Rose-colored glasses, my friend. Yeah, man. I, I, it's, it's. Let me put it this way: If the Rangers do decide to trade Spooner, his value will never be higher. That so was my next would, point. Like this is the time. Great time to move him. And I think you could in the offseason, especially before the draft. I still, I just, I in in my heart of hearts, I think it's, I think you can't move Kevin Hayes. I think he's just too important to the makeup of this team long term, and. From what I've seen from the Mesnikov, I don't think you can move him either. No, he seems I think, very good. I think he can honestly – I I would not be shocked if he Are you going got there? more ice time than Mika Zibanejad next This is where year. I thought you were going, and I'm surprised. Yeah. 
Do you think? Uh, should you be though? I think he's, I overrated. I think he's been as much as I've loved Spooner. He's been the most dynamic forward the Rangers have had the last I, two weeks. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, as much as I like because of Vinajad, and I, we did sign him to a contract to be the number one center. I we didn't pay him like a number one center, but we did sign him like one. And maybe I do overrate him because if it's been limited ice time, especially kind of both years now. Are we overrating because of Vinajad? Is he as good as is he? That top line center that we wanted to be, or is Nemesk? Wow, my brain exploded. Nemesco, Vladdy. Vladdy, is he? He could actually be the number one for our team. I don't think it's a slight to Mika Zibanejad to say that Nemesnikov could possibly do more in more ice time than Mika can. I, that's not a criticism of Mika Zibanejad. If Mika Zibanejad is the Rangers' number two center, or just a center getting top six minutes for this team, that's still great. This is by no means supposed to be a slight. On Zabinijad. It's more of just saying, I think Nemesnikov is presenting a more dynamic game than we've seen from Mika, at least this season. And how much of that has to do with injuries, look, concussions, even when you're quote unquote healthy, you're not really. It, those, those take very long times to come back from. It's not an overnight thing. I, I honestly think a one, two, whichever way you want to stack it of Mika and Vladdy is 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 tantalizing and then kevin hayes as your shutdown center on your third line that's that is that's not a bad strong down the middle core that and then if you put boo on the fourth line i those are four centers i'd go to battle with or you put john Tavares on the top and boo doesn't even play right this is all this is all to say that mika will be the number two next year anyway Tavares is the number one and vladdy will be on a wing yeah vladdy could be a wing player especially if kobe comes over well, no, Kobe would need to be on the wing. Okay. I want – I am going to say this at least once a week. I am all for the Mother Russia line. Give me Kovalchuk, Nemesnikov, and Buchnevich and put it right into my veins. I just want someone to be able to use Buchnevich and talk to him and be like, kid, you're so good. You're so good at hockey. Why – how can I make you better? I think that should be the number one goal of the Rangers. It's, it's, he could be a future other than Hedl and Anderson, right? Like he is sort of the semi future of this team. Could be. I would, I would say, yeah, if you're building a foundation, Pavel Buchnevich is heavily featured. Um, Top four, especially. Yeah. It's it's like, it's it's like Shea, him. I just, I just think if you put Buchnevich with a dynamic center like Nemesnikov and a fucking sniper like Ilya Kovalchuk, he could have, he could have 15 to 20 goals and 40 to 50 assists. I don't think that's unrealistic. No. Like, it sounds crazy because those are big numbers. I'm like, I'm basically saying if Pavel Buchnevich plays with two other dynamic Russians, he could be a 60-point player, but breaking (laughs) fucking news. If you put Pavel Buchnevich with two other dynamic players and you just give him ice time on a nightly fucking basis, he could be a 60-point player. I've just seen That's not out of the realm of possibility. I've just seen Pavel make too many plays where I'm like, not a lot of people can do that. Just, he's, when when he has it and it's on, you go, wow, that's a special player. Yeah, it's almost like uh, when it's not on, it's because he's getting fucking yo-yoed up and down the lineup. And that's where, that's part of my problem with the, oh my God, this season, if there's one thing this season has done, it has just brought the dark underbelly of the New York Ranger fan base to the fucking light. People who call Pavel Buchnevich lazy, guy's not lazy. If you don't have chemistry with your line mates because you get yanked up and down the lineup on a nightly basis or just not played in third periods, he's not... He is not Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. He's not a guy that 
regardless of where you play him, he's going to make He's not a Pittsburgh special. Penguin, all right? Jesus. No, it's just like <laughs> Pavel Buchnevich is Pavel Buchnevich. No, I know. I get what you're saying. People who support him aren't trying to make him out to be the second coming of Gretzky. He's a very talented player who, if you put him with other very talented players, he'll play to the best of his abilities on a nightly basis. Yeah, we're not and saying. And sometimes when you put him next to David DeHarnay, he's going to look like ass because David DeHarnay is ass. We're not, we're not saying Pavel Buchnevich is a star who could take this this team over. We're not saying Infinity, that at all. Infinity times zero is still zero. It doesn't <gasps> matter who the fuck you Man. put next to David DeHarnay. He's not going to look that good. Yeah, probably not. DeHarnay was Man. the fourth line center uh, for a couple of weeks here. So all of a sudden. <laughs> Remember when he was a healthy scratch? Yeah. Like this is the same guy that all of a sudden AV was like, he can't help me. I'm back in the game. Tonight. He's a first liner. <laughs> oh my God. Elaine Vino, how dumb do you have to be? To have an NHL job. The answer to that question is dumb. Very dumb. George Carl of the NHL. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Right now, the Lightning have 100 points. And sure Ryan, Ryan McDonough is teamed with Dan Girardi. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, You though. couldn't escape, McD. At the same time, while it's just... I, I don't want to say depressing, but it's just funny in a very sad way that McDonough is back on a pairing with Dan Girardi. But if that's going to be your third pairing, and that's how you're utilizing Dan Girardi, you you, you can't use Dan Girardi better than that. No, your third you, pairing is Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna slide McDonough with Girardi, but give them third line third pairing minutes, yeah, they'll they'll be fine. They'll probably be better than fine. They'll probably be a good pairing. Oh yeah, those guys say, were... it's just that that was never a possibility for the Rangers because if the Rangers gave McDonough and Dan oh, Girardi. Uh, slaughter. It'd be exactly the, these days. <laughs> be terrible. But if that's what the, the lightning are that deep, that if they just want to put Ryan McDonough, a guy they gave up potentially two first round picks, two top prospects and Vladdy fucking Nemesnikov for and play him on the third line. God bless you. I hope you win the cup. Like, yeah, sure. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we're, st- sheesh. we're still trying to get them to win. the Sheesh is a totally different thing. Uh, we're still trying to get them <laughs> to win the cup. Anyway, we want them to win the cup. We want that first yeah. round pick. The Rangers 2019 draft pick improves by about 30 spots if the if the Lightning win the give cup. Give me, give me, give me, give uh, me. Yeah, it's going to be fun watching McDonough on the third line. I mean, the, that guy was paying playing the 24, 25 minutes a night with Dan Girardi. They've done it for years. Now they're doing like 18. And they're playing against the worst competition because they're on the third line. Let's do it. It's, it's going to look better than what the Rangers – had them doing because they're going to be playing against easy. They're not playing against Sidney Crosby anymore. I don't know why this is the second time I'm using Sidney Crosby as an example yeah, in less than that? 10 minutes. I am going to the, the Penguins game on Wednesday. Anyone's at the game, sh- shout out. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll, I'll say hello. Uh, I could have gone to that game. Yep. It's March Madness, man. It, all right, I get it. Listen, I'm going to be hanging out with Ryan, man. Thank you, Diana, for providing me with the tickets. Always appreciate Ryan it. Man's good, Ryan Man's good people. He'll be, he'll be sleeping on my couch on Thursday. Uh, so will I, together with him. You're going to be sleeping. You're, you're staying with me. Who knows? I might be. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, who knows? I don't know where I'm staying. Anyway, so that's an off-podcast uh, conversation. Where were we? Ah, yes. So, the Lightning. Uh, oh, yeah. let's go to the next, the other team that we have a former Ranger on. So, Bruins kind of hate Rick Nash already. That's pretty fun. God. I, it's just everyone who acquires Rick Nash just thinks they're getting <laughs> – everyone who acquires Rick Nash just thinks they're getting Sidney Crosby. That's, that's really what it comes down to, I think, at the end of the day. Just appreciate what he is. I, he, what he is is a guy who can't score. 
Oh, <laughs> in, big, in big moments. You're fucking hitting. <laughs> and uh, he's a really good two-way offensive forward. Yeah, for sure. No, he's he is a perfect middle six forward who will create offensive chances for not just himself but his teammates, yeah. and he'll dominate the three zones of the ice. One of the best breakaway players I've ever seen in my life. Will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> You're the worst. You're the worst. He's you're part brood. of the problem. He's a brood now. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm with Rick Nash. I have been for a while. Yeah, you're part of the fucking problem. <laughs> He's great. Every team in the NHL wishes they had Rick Nash on their roster. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. Get the f- You know what? You don't deserve Brett Honeywell, and I'm happy his elbow exploded. I'm a Yankee fan, so that's fine. Um, sure. You don't deserve Glaber Torres either. Well, Glaber Torres isn't going to be playing. He's going to be starting in uh, AAA, at least for the first part of the year. Yeah, where's the Yankees AAA team, Ryan? Mr. Uh, Big Fan. Great, no, don't great, look it up. It's Scranton. Answer it right it's now. Scranton. Fuck you. Is that right? You looked it up. I didn't. How can I look up so quick? I have not Google. <laughs> it's Scranton. Google. You know yeah, I follow minor leaguers. Come on, dog. You know, if you lie every night before you go to sleep, John Tavares ain't going to sign you. Listen, right here, right now, in front of me, I have a signed autograph card of John Franco looking at me in the face. Okay? <laughs> everything's everything's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, I have some Yankee takes. I guess we can get them with Corbo when he comes on. Corbo will be joining us. I, I, he's, a, he's a Yankee fan too. We'll get we'll get to that. Um, I think he's a Mets fan. He might be a Mets fan. Who knows? We'll find out. And uh, anything else we want to touch on with the Rangers before we get over to Corbo? Actually. Uh okay. Well, here's a super quick recap of the last couple of Ranger games. Oh! <laughs> Pat, Patrick Line, good at hockey. Uh, shit beard though. As as a beard bro, yeah. it's a little offensive. Big beard bro. It, he looks he looks terrible. But but hockey, wow! Great at the hockey. Great, Great at, the hockey. at hockey. That, um, that Jets the light, team, the they might be game, pretty good. The Lightning game was a fucking embarrassment. Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. At one point in that game, it was twenty-one shots to one. What? Oh. New York Rangers hockey. And we didn't have to play against Ryan McDonough, so that was fun. Uh, that would have been a nice emotional moment. But just just embarrassing. I mean, we You're, we it, quote unquote came back, but it was kind of like the Lightning let us come back. They're like, yeah, we yeah, won the, already. Yeah, they they were out. That game was over. Uh, Unbelievable. Poor fucking Hank. Stop fucking playing. Stop playing, Hank. What are you doing, man? Jesus Christ. It's not a knock on Hank just to rest him for the next, the last 15 or whatever games left of this season. This team might legitimately try and be a competitive team next year. Be as healthy as possible, please. Yeah, just fucking rest him. Fucking rest him. I don't get it. And then we go to to Panther Panthers. Whatever. We lose a showdown. All right, Whatever. sure. Yeah, sure. Fun. What it is. Ryan Spooner. Hey, Spooner boys. He can spoon me if you know what I'm talking about. Hey, any day. I'll be his little spoon. No problem. Yeah. Try to get that spoon. I, I will be the giraffe to his. <laughs> uh, what, are the, what is a horde of giraffe calls? I know what this is. A multiple, what are multiple giraffes calls? Uh, I should know this. What are... Did you know? Fun story. Um, giraffes are actually kosher. What? Giraffes are kosher. But Jews do not eat giraffes because somewhere in the history of time, we've forgotten where to cut it at its neck. Like its neck is too long. We don't know. Do we cut it at the bottom? Do we cut it at the top? Is giraffe like, like a where... common delicacy? Who's like, mm, giraffe? Well, think about it, dude. If, if There are Jews in Africa, I'm sure. There has to be at least one. There's definitely one. Maybe, that... maybe he's just walking the plains one day, fucking starving. All he has on him is a knife. And the only thing standing in front of him is a giraffe. And he's thinking to himself, now, is this animal kosher? The answer to that question <laughs> is yes. The, 
but the mental thing image is, of this do- one Jewish guy <laughs> in Africa with a gun hunting a giraffe. So- Not a gun. No, no, no. Um, you can't. Jews can't shoot animals. Oh my God! So wait, hold on. You know yeah. giraffes are like badass, right? If you, they- if, you kill a, if you kill any kosher meat with a gun, that meat is no longer kosher. This is incredible. So okay. maybe this is this is I, I, look. I'm I'm, I'm just going to say it. We're all thinking it. I'm just going to say it. This is why the NRA hates the Jews. We're not gun. <laughs> we're not gun. We're not gun people. Meat is not kosher when you shoot it. That's why we don't go hunting like that. We don't do it. Okay. Just put it out there. We were all thinking it. I'm just going to put it out there. So all right. This situation is this one Jewish guy in yeah. Africa on yeah. the on Savannah by yeah. himself is yeah. going to hunt a giraffe without a gun. <laughs> can't do it. Cannot do it. No, you can't kill a giraffe without a gun. You can. How? It takes a lot of fucking work, is, but is you he, can. Is he a pro archer? Because this is, <laughs> is could be. Is arch, I'm just saying. Is archery I'm saying, kosher. Giraffe, this is a great giraffe's question. A kosher, giraffe's a kosher meat. We just don't know where to cut it at its neck. Okay, so. Archery is kosher, but guns no. I don't know the rules on archery. This is I don't know. I just know. I just know if you if you shoot an animal with a gun, that's a big no no. You will not get the circle U or circle K on your meals. So samurai sword, kosher or no? It's a knife. Okay. So that means no. It means yes. A, a knife means yes. Okay. <laughs> what, I'm learning why, a lot. Why? Why do you think the Japanese are such such great Jews? <laughs> the, the samurai sword. The, 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 <laughs> This is terrible. I'm all right. A, a herd of giraffes is called a tower, by the way. A tower. A tower. I should know this. My mother is obsessed right. with giraffes, by the way. She huh. is obsessed. She's joined like a bunch. I this is mom talk on Blue Shirts Breakaway, by the way. I just said by the way four times. I don't know why. She is obsessed, and she goes to like Animal Adventure Park where they had that that stream of that giraffe that gave birth. April. She goes. Oh, oh she, April. Yeah, yeah. That thing's up here in Syracuse. Yeah. Did but, you? I watched that birth live and I, I have not recovered from I it. I did too. My mother all did also. She has like an uh. a, she has like an April t-shirt. She's part of like the exclusive th- So we have our Patreon, right? Plug plug plug. Uh where we talk on Discord. They uh. have like an exclusive April ex- Facebook group where you have uh. to like pay to be in it. I don't know why they just didn't make a Discord or a Patreon. I guess it's cuz old ladies. And they have like 939 members in this $8 a month Facebook group. Yep. And I yeah, had, I believe it. I had to PayPal that for my mother. Just try to help amount, her out. The amount of April-related stories I wrote in the last year is uh, mind-numbing. Do you think we could... Hold on. I got an no, idea. No, we, we cannot. That, that giraffe is too famous for us. Hold on. Wait, just chill. Stick with me. What if we I just went on a whole rant about how giraffes are kosher and I want to knife it. I don't think we're getting April. But wait, let's see if we can make April the official giraffe for the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Oh, you, you would rather have April? I'd rather have... Um... Well, there's the, guy, the, the little guy they named after an Asian wrestler. There's, there's, Except they don't want to say they named him after an Asian wrestler. There's Alf. There's one in Tennessee. I know a lot right. about giraffes because my mother talks to me about them nonstop. Sure. I totally believe there, it. There's a game farm one. Uh, his name's George, I believe, on Long Island. We What's should, April's kid's name? Uh, It's like Nolly or some shit. I no, got, it's I, not Nolly. It's not Nolly. It's, it's, it's like, it starts with an O. I'm going to look it up. April the giraffe kid. Yeah, there we go. Um, It is Tahiri. Oh, yeah. No, Tajiri. Tajiri. It's Tajiri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a wrestler named Tajiri, and no one wants to admit that. This is what fucking happens when you make naming competitions open to the public on the internet. It's the Bodie McBoat face of giraffes. People got really excited and were like, we're going to low-key name this giraffe after a wrestler. But you had to find a very obscure wrestler to make it happen. Tajiri. That's how it happens. Okay. Also, Tajiri does not start with an O. So So Ryan Spooner, if you're listening, and I know you are, Yep. We're going to try and get an official giraffe of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. 
I think that we'll would be it. great. But he has to come on the podcast, though. Ryan Spooner. Yeah. Yeah, but also we're gonna try and get it before he comes on. I'm gonna contact. I'm gonna. I'm gonna contact a few places. I'm like, hey. Should we start calling Ryan Spooner like the Tower of Terror. Yeah, the Tower. Woo! I like this nickname. He's the Tower. The Tower of Terror. Yeah. I'm into it. Ryan Spooner, congratulations! You're the Tower. You're the Tower now, man. Yeah. We just gave it. To Ryan you. Spooner, by the way, not kosher. Human meat is not kosher. Okay, so. So can't kill Ryan Spooner with a gun. But, nope. uh, but it doesn't matter how you kill Ryan Spooner. That shit, not cool. Okay. Unless it's in self-defense, then it's kosher. If you kill somebody, can you eat them, though? That's the question. No, 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 no. Okay. That is, frowned, <laughs> that is frowned upon in this establishment. We've learned a lot today. I, I, I don't, we? I've taught you a lot today. Oh, I, all the listeners and I. I'm assuming oh. a lot of people didn't know about the one Jew in Africa who hunts <laughs> giraffes without archery or not. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, you welcome, came... welcome to the Blue Shirts Breakaway Tank Special. Yeah, you came for Rager's knowledge. You got 20 minutes of it. Yeah, and then you got you got something else. Yeah, but now Ryan Spooner has a nickname. We're trying to get an official draft sponsor, and uh, and that's it. So before we go over to our interview with Corbo, I kind of want to announce a new segment. Okay. We're going to try and do more giveaways. We're big giveaway guys now. Giveaway big giveaway guys. guys. Giveaway boys. And uh, what we're trying to, trying to do here is Promote more activities someplace that might help us and help you. That's all. So right sure. now we have on iTunes 91 reviews. Most of them are wow. five stars. Appreciate that. But we're going to do something called the five-star question of the week. And what that is, I'll feed you, baby bird, is when you go to iTunes, you leave mm. a five-star question. Say, hey, nice podcast. Whatever you want to say. Make sure it's five mm. stars. Say, hey, nice podcast. Here's my five-star question of the week. And we're going to pick one every week. And not only that, we're going to send you something in the mail. Like, hey. Thanks for the five-star question of the week in a few weeks. Get something in the mail. A little, little gift from us. Could be stickers. Could be a t-shirt. Could be something. So that's what we're going to try and do in the next couple weeks. See how that works. And then we'll, we'll go from that. It's a good idea, right? Five-star question of the week. We're going to explore the space a little bit. Yeah, we'll explore now, the space. Give, giveaways we're doing. We'll, uh, we'll throw out some stickers. Plugs on the pod. Stuff of that nature. Yeah. We should yeah. also say there's a new shirt in the works. It's coming. We've promised it for the NHL playoffs. It'll be there. We're trying. We're trying very NHL hard. Playoffs. Our our, fr- uh-huh. our good friend Nick, we'll give a nice plug right here. Nick at Empirical Designs. For all your design needs, go to empiricaldesigns.net. Now, I am going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Ryan, for something we've talked about that I haven't brought up with you in quite a while. Oh, no. You're going to hate on me? No, I'm not going to hate on you. I just want to know how our word cloud poster is coming along for our $10 subscribers. Well, that has not started. So we should, we should, That's our summer project. That's our summer project. I want that. We, we need that out. The same time we give out our second shirt. I figured it would be... We shouldn't do this on the pod. This is boring podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go over to Corbo. We'll go talk about life in, life in the tank between the Knicks and the Rangers. Probably some nonsense Mets-Yankees and, and go from there. You know, we've been loaded on Ranger Talk the past couple weeks. And I know we do take shit sometimes for talking too much nonsense. But it's, it's kind of starting. Nonsense season is... We're around the corner here. Yep. So here we go. All right, man. Let's go over to Corbo. Transition. We're back with our first and only guest who's going to stay the rest of the podcast with us. Anthony Corbo of the, the Knicks Wall. That's me. I'm not saying, I'm like, I don't know what we would call each other. It'd probably be something like Garden Faithful. I mean, that's probably, that's a stupid fucking name. Probably like Garden Boys or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Tank Bros. Yeah. Um, yeah tank Bros. Tank We're Bros. Suffering, suffering fans. Yeah. Uh, the Dolan's Disciples. Oh, I like Dolan's Disciples. Wow. I'm in. <laughs> wow. DD. 
Uh, that's I, that, I that's that it. Chicago education for everybody. Yeah, that's that 100 grand at Columbia College. Shout out alma mater. Yo, that's six <laughs> figures. <laughs> All right, so now we're just now we're doing disciples. Um, you know, shout out to Guard Faithful, I guess, whatever. Shout and out. and uh, listen, we brought you on to kind of talk about the tank, where we're at <laughs> right now. What it, we're kind of new to this, Greg and I. This is our first year <laughs> yeah, tanking since we started right. the podcast. You know, it's we've. Usually around this time, we're getting hyped up for the playoffs, talking about scenarios. How deep can we go? Can we really win this thing? Probably not. How sad are we going to be? Let's recap the playoff game, screaming at each other, actually having fights outside of the podcast. Um, and- well, that's where I've always envied you guys. Like, ever since I started listening in, like, I, I've, I've been so envious of you guys getting to do playoff games and getting to do, you know, like, high stakes things and, you know, shit that matters. And, uh, and yeah, meanwhile, I'm... I'm done and booking nonsense guests by you know april oh, oh good news it's march 12th and you're on the podcast <laughs> I, I am in, i am interested though the one thing that stands out to me about the whole tank process for the rangers is there was this whole storyline that started right around the hours before ryan mcdonough got traded where the report comes out that it was james dolan himself jesus dolan walks into the press box and goes let's do this the right way Let's tank. If we're going to tank, let's go all in and tank. And to the Rangers' credit, they seemingly have. How come he's never had that conversation with the Knicks front office? Um, I just don't think Dolan is too concerned. I had this conversation with, uh, I, I think on, yeah, because, all right, last podcast we did was the episode. I don't know if you saw he was on Jimmy Fallon last week. I heard about it. Um, yeah, he play, you know, he's got his band. He's got JD in the straight shot and all this crap. I can't believe that's a thing. Well, here's the deal. Here's what I've been wondering. I think you guys might be better to ask because Kyle didn't seem very interested in this question. Uh, shout out to Kyle Maggio, my usual co-host who can't be here today. He's, he's but, Tim Allen, home improvement. Yeah, whatever. That's such a shit show. You have no idea. But uh, he is, uh, I, I asked, what do you think James Dolan is bankrolling more? The I said the Knicks at first, but I realized it's definitely not. The Knicks make too much money. But I think there's a legitimate shot that James Dolan is paying his band and all of his music expenses more than he's actually paying the Rangers. This is a good question. And I would see why Maggio wasn't interested because he doesn't care about the Rangers at all. And I understand that. Yeah. Well, he actually watched the, like the video, uh, the Dolan performance on Fallon. I think he just had a real bad taste in his mouth. I didn't even bother watching it. I have no interest in that. I, I, I haven't watched it either. I'm going to now, but you might be right. It's like, okay. So the Rangers payroll 81 million, right, Greg? Something like that. Right now, uh, right now, a lot lower. I mean, if if we take into account everyone and everything the Rangers are paying, let's let's call it a cool hundred million. Yeah, let's call it a cool hundred million. Yeah, I could easy see that going into his music. Like I'm picturing each musician's probably getting paid, you know, upwards of a, a million and a half. Because he gets like the best musicians. They're not right. And they, you know, he's paying to play all these play. Like you know, I remember being in a band in high school, and I had to pay to play at every venue that I played at. And I think James Dolan is still doing the same thing. What's crazy you know, is you know, didn't he open for Bruce Springsteen? I if I'm sure he did, because, you know, my thinking is that James Dolan is paying to play at all these places. You know, he's paying these astronomical sums or he's just cashing in favors left and right. Like, how the fuck do you think he got into Jimmy Fallon? You think Jimmy Fallon has any interest in watching James Dolan play with his crappy country band? No, absolutely uh, no. not. But I think Jimmy, I don't want to give Jimmy too much credit because I don't. I, he's Jimmy, got some smarts. I think he knows if he says James Dolan is going to be on my show. People in New York are going to watch, and people in that's New York true. have not been watching Jimmy Fallon recently. So that's more credit to NBC than anyone. I would say so. All right. well, Fair enough. Also, I just Googled this. Jim, James Dolan, Jim, sorry. Jim Dolan had. Either way. Jim's James. 
booked his band to open for the Eagles. Jesus. Oh my God. How you know much crazy too? How much money I, is that for real? Uh, that's. I mean, I don't know. See, the whole problem is I don't know whether he's making or he's giving on these tours. He's like, definitely giving. You can't yeah. just open for the Eagles. <laughs> there, but I, I haven't watched the Eagles documentary, but I've heard enough about it through Bill Simmons and everyone else to know that those guys are fucking crazy and they're like a high key, very expensive item, uh, and let let have a legendary following slash kind of tons of music. So you would think they would take it easy. So I think James Dolan would definitely be paying to open for them. He'd be like, here's $3 million. And they'd be like, yeah, absolutely. It's also a really strange reality I live in where I had the Scoutmaster growing up, whose name was Jim Dolan. Mm. So hearing you say that right there brought back uh, totally weird things. But let's get let's get off of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not done talking about these totally weird things, right? Before you got on the podcast, you missed the whole 20-minute bit Ryan and I did about how giraffes are kosher. I'm all here for you to tell me how how your summer camp experience with Jim Dolan got a little weird. Yeah. Are you okay? Is that thing you want to talk about? No, I'm good. I'm good. It was, it was the guys around him. Oh. 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 Like, a really, like a weird cult thing? It's, yeah, it's all been long repressed. Sure. Okay. Real Catholic church situation. Anyway. Been there. Corbo. Yeah. Do you think it's something of – We've talked about it on this podcast before that the media coverage of the Rangers and even the Islanders is vastly different than media coverage of every other professional sports team in New York. In your, you're, you're obviously, I would call you a low key analyst of the Knicks and a uh, fan of the Rangers. Yes. Is it easier for the Rangers to rebuild than it is for someone like the Knicks because the pressure just isn't there for the Rangers? Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they just have the, you know, they just have support on their side right now. Like the you got to understand, like the Rangers haven't been bad for 20 years straight. It, it's just you got to, you know, when you have a Stanley Cup run in you and you have all these playoff appearances and you have a team that players just love. Like the whole thing is with Knicks fans is the only place we would turn to get solace is the Rangers. And that's that's what my, I'm coping with right now is that I don't know where to turn anywhere. Like well, I have the Yankees, and that's about it. I was about to say you have a really good season ahead of you in baseball. But I'm not even like I'm a very casual baseball fan. Like I am, I'm basketball, and I am hockey like till I die. And okay. if I'm like, but you know what the funny thing is, I I kind of been wanting to talk to you guys about this all all day too. Is I have watched more Rangers games since the trade deadline and since the beginning of the selling of players than I did like the entire year before that. That's fine, and you have more of a reason because the team was tired, not yeah. motivated. It was, frankly, I mean, we talked about it in the podcast, like kind of boring. It yeah, was... I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, I turned on a couple of the games, and I was just like, I just wasn't really interested in what was going on. They were getting, you know, they were either losing or like, you know, going overtime and just pulling it out of their ass or something like that. But now I'm like interested to see how these guys are playing. Like, I'm hearing Gilmore is is tearing it up, and I'm hearing, you know. I hear these names like Pionk and these guys that, you know, not Bushnevich, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> all these guys, that, you know, have been kind of talked about or you kind of heard their name come up, you know, every now and then over over the last couple of years. So like now you're going to see him play. And now I'm actually surprisingly a little bit excited again. It's just doing two tanks. Well, it, well just it, just because I, I like to date when we're doing these podcasts. It's funny you say Pionk. He just got an assist on a Matt Zuccarello goal. Was, mm -hmm. Greg, Greg literally just read my mind. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's one, of the, it's one of those things. I First of all, the, uh, I guess I guess the thing that makes a rebuild a little different for a hockey team than a basketball team is because the hockey team has 
a minor league system where they can call prospects mm-hmm. up. Like the Knicks, it's basically let's see what Frank can do. Yeah, the, the, the they NBA exactly. Have, they, they can't go to the. I mean, they did go to the G League and brought guys up like our our now god Luke Cornett. But <laughs> they don't have like Luke there isn't there isn't a Filipino or Elias Anderson hanging exactly. out in Westchester. Yeah. For the see, that, that's up. the problem, and I think that you know the G League is, I think, very fundamentally different from the D League uh, over the last couple of years, where they just went back and revamped a lot of how players get promoted and how players stick with teams. And you see a lot of it working and a lot of it not, because you know I've always been so jealous of the NHL farm system and you know MLB farm system, and it all works a little differently. But there's like, you know, there's that path in front of you. Um, and what they started doing with the G League is, you know, the two-way players and the guys who can come up and down between the teams and, you know, putting in certain clauses, paying the guys a little more, all that. Um, but then there start then there's weird ways that it's really hard to retain your guys, too. Like the Westchester Knicks were in first place or still are tied for first place in the G League right now. Um, but all of their starters are signed to NBA contracts right now. And, you know, most of them aren't with the Knicks. They had a guy putting up triple doubles every night, Xavier Rathan Mays, who's with the Grizzlies now. Um, another guy, uh, Nigel Hayes, I want to say, is with the Toronto Raptors right now and put up some like really, really nice plays up against the Knicks in the last game they played. So it's tough when you kind of are developing talent and you kind of have a path that way, but other teams can come in and poach it if you're just not fast enough, you know? Oh, so they have the ability to come poach from your G League team? Right. So Whoa, you, they can. Oh, that's yeah. weird. There's certain players like your two way players, I believe, are safe to you. It, it's a little I'm still not entirely, uh, you know, sure on on all of G League rule or if anything like that. Someone was like, but, just, I would go poach some Tampa Bay guys right now. I'm like, ooh, thanks. Right. <laughs> right. But you but like, you know, all the players who aren't signed to you on like two way yeah. contracts or anything like that are basically they can go and sign a 10 day contract with an NBA team whenever they want. Wow. I mean, yeah. I guess it gives a better opportunity for certain players. Right. It's all about player opportunity. It's all about, you know, getting that pay and everything like that and getting their multi-year contracts. Like that is what the league is still for. You know, it's still a player's league versus a team farm system. Here's, but, yeah. here's one thing I never really understood. And this is why the NCA to me is the most confusing thing in the world. I don't know if we did you were, hold on, Greg. Did you mean corrupt? Well, duh. But at the same time, yeah. they just they make up the rules as they go for like player eligibility based on the sport that you play. The thing I don't understand is. If a hockey player gets drafted as a teenager before they enroll in college, the NHL team will keep their rights as long as they're in college. And then as soon as they come out, the team either has to sign them to an entry-level contract. Or... And I really like that rule. Right. It's a great rule. Why don't we just use that for basketball? I don't know. Why, why can't – if, if, if say, say the Knicks or whoever drafts someone in the second round as a high school player, high school player, it's determined he will not be able to break camp with the Knicks. Why can't that player just go mm-hmm. to college? And why can't the Knicks just retain his rights? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with how much money the NCAA makes. I mean, that's all, all of this is about money. Um, the NCAA you know, I, just I, makes money over fist. Like, right. It's I mean, it, it's, it's all about making money with them. And it's just, you know, it's so hard to propose those kind of changes because no one wants to hear it. You know, the only people who want to hear it are, are the fans and the players who you would think would be, you know, heavy voices in the room, but are not in a lot of cases. Um, I did hear that um, what's Silver is looking for different kinds of ways, uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, to, you know, I think there is some buzz about, like, them starting up their own kind of league that could replace the NCAA. Like, the heat is on 
Um, and, and there's definitely going to be some fundamental changes in the next couple of years, I think, especially with this whole, you know, the Arizona thing and the players getting paid under mm-hmm. the table and all that thing that came out recently. So, uh, by the way, duh. Like, right. I mean, is- and like they should be paid. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone out there that thinks they shouldn't be paid at that point. At this point, it's just a bad take if you think they shouldn't be. Yeah, but, like, 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 oh, these kids are getting a free education. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, fuck that. They're going to class, you think? Like, you know, I, it's, first of all, I didn't get any education my yeah, freshman I was about to say, first of all, I got, I, I got a master's. Still not sure I did anything. Yeah, I, I transferred out of my uh, major after my first year. So that, that year is basically a wash for me. Um, yeah, my first year, I think, was all liberal arts classes. And fun, studied- fun fact, they don't even offer Greg's uh, concentration at our school anymore. Or mine. God damn. Wait a second. What? Sports communication is not offered anymore? TV, radio, and film is gone. What? Yep. They got rid of it. Uh, but I didn't take TV, radio, film. Okay. Then, then never mind. I don't know anything about you. <laughs> what, what school is that? Marist. Marist. Uh, I see. I went to, because I went to this, this fucking art school out here. And uh, that's I, a we- I would have applied to uh, TFA. <laughs> TFAS. Yeah, this fucking yeah. art school. That sounds like a dope place. That was a bad joke, guys. I'm sorry. Laugh. We, we made plenty of other jokes earlier in this podcast that were much funnier than that. Please clap. Do not, do not uh, hold wow. that one against the me. The Jeb Bush. Yeah, the right. No, but it's funny. I, I studied audio production my first year and then shelved it uh, for like four years until after I graduated and started a podcast and had to start doing all my own audio again. So. Yeah, man. I went to school to be a podcaster and here I am. Just living the dream. <laughs> It's really paying off for us. Yeah, my, a lot of my, money. My on master, it was like master's in psychology, and I had a, a major in podcasting. Yep. So yep, really worked out. Um, are we gonna? So we want to talk more tank here? Yeah. I, well, let's see. Like, it's just now. It's that, just such a different life. Like it's. I mean, it's, I'm a Met fan. I can I can relate to tanking all the way around. It's just it's just so weird to me that James Dolan could have. I, I not to get back to Dolan. It's but it's just it's evident that he has one theory with how the Rangers should be run and a completely different theory with how the Knicks should be run. I just think he's, he thinks he's right with the Knicks after so many years of being wrong because he follows a weird trajectory where he's just like, all right, I'm going to be involved in basketball and then I'm not going to be involved in basketball. I'm going to hire these guys and I'm not going to do anything. The and Phil, then they fuck up because he hires the wrong Phil people. Phil Jackson was a travesty. This is going way before Phil Jackson, my friend. Okay. This is, I'm hey. talking Isaiah Thomas and earlier, like, he is, uh, you know, and he'll do the, he'll have the cycle where he'll just, you know, he'll hire people, will fire them, take control again, they'll hire someone else and fire them. And so I think he's just confused and he's just going with his gut at this point versus with the Rangers, you kind of have this esteemed organization that actually has a, a, you know, a little bit of respect out there. So, you know, I, I, I just think that he kind of is more sound and confident with the people he has around him with the Rangers and the Knicks. He is just flying by the seat of his pants. The thing is also I mean, fucking zooming. Yeah. I mean, well, with Porzingis out now, that's the most depressing yeah. thing ever, right? It sure is. <sighs> I have a I have so much Porzingis crap around here too. I have like a I have a calendar hanging up over here. Just, I have a calendar actually in the uh in the packaging of just Porzingis that I can't even open up yet because it's it just looks like a recovery timetable to me. Uh, <laughs> so wait, I have a quick question. What when is his return date expected? Like next what? Um, I I mean, it's tough with ACL tears. There's um, almost there's almost no point in playing him next year, right? Eh, I I disagree with that. I, I I think if you're looking at the macros of the team. Uh, then you should probably you should probably play him. You know, it it all it all it's a case by case kind of thing. 
you know, he looks good right now. He seems to be pretty ahead of his development. Um, you know, just from the Instagram videos you see, the workouts, whatever, and those can all be, you know, fashioned however he wants to fashion them. But, you know, if he's if he's looking like a I think best case scenario would be ten months. So I'd put him around Christmas. And then, you know, worst case he sits around he sits out the entire year. Your average is looking like about a year from when he tore it, so mid February. Do you guys have another first round pick that year or no? Next year. Yeah, no, we we don't owe any first, which is crazy. But we only owe second round picks for a couple of years, and they're like all going to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hinky man. Hinky, get hinky. He's the best. Hey, uh, look, when the Sixers win the title this year, we're all going to be laughing. Well, so. when the Sixers get LeBron next year, we're all going to be laughing. Hey, when it's Nick Sixers in the 2021 Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going to be laughing. Yeah, well, who's the guy? But not to get more Knicks. Just what, one last next question for me: Who's the guy you want most in this draft? And why is it Colin Sexton? You know, I am. I'm such a uh, poor college reference here. I don't. I like. I watch zero college basketball. I don't really have cable. I just kind of go on the streams with all this shit. So, so it's really, kinda, you, you just want the first pick, take the Euro guy, and have a great day. I want whoever Matt Spendley wants because he is he is like my college resource. He's the guy that's doing all the college stuff at the Knicks Wall right now. Uh, Sh- he's about to get his own podcast next week and everything. Ooh. Wow, these plugs. Uh, yeah, and then we also got uh, we got the Off the Wall podcast, if I'm just going to keep on plugging. Yeah, go, go. go. Uh, go. Which is uh, Joe Nardone and Jared Mintz on our network. And they uh, they do NBA, you know, rest of the NBA and college ball. They're, they're really gearing up for March. It's exciting. And then my own podcast, CKW Podcast, which gets <laughs> oh, recorded I'm right sw- after this. I'm sweating yeah. right now with all these when, plugs. When, yeah, when me too, because I got to edit all these goddamn things. <laughs> when, when, you, when you talk to Spenley, I want, him to, I want to hear him on uh, Colin Sexton because – I've uh, I, I do this thing where I, I dabble with college basketball all year. I watch just enough to think I know shit when it comes to March Madness. And then I dive headfirst when it comes to conference tournament time. And there was nobody more electric in any conference tournament than Colin Sexton in Alabama. I've heard great things like I, I if he is a guy who gets picked, I'd be really happy with it. I, you know, the little clips I've seen of him here and there, I'm cool with. Uh, I like both of the bridges, too. I don't have to. Uh, too much qualms about either one of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm more looking for just whoever the best guy they think on the board is. Um, we have so many needs at so many different places. I saw a mock board today uh, with Trey Young going to the Knicks. Nope. No, thank you. And I, yeah, no. yeah. And I was just like, that just seems weird for, for all kinds of reasons. Like we already have three point guards here that we don't know what to do with. I wouldn't even call and, Trey Young a point guard. He's just, he's, I wouldn't consider him like a, when I think point guard, I still kind of think offensive facilitator. Like, sure, the, the definition of a point guard has changed. Like, it's not taboo to see a point guard averaging over 20 points anymore. But I can't see Trey Young setting up an offense. And here's the deal. Like, none of the players on the Knicks and none of the positions are, like, set in stone. Even Porzingis could be a wildly different player and, like, want to exclusively be a center next year. Like, I could see Porzingis next year coming back from this injury and not being as you know fast of a player not being as like you know agile on the court but just kind of being able to pick his position a little bit better probably be more of a post player you know hopefully get a little bit of weight on him while he's kind of rehabbing this whole thing but um that could just mean be me being a super hopeful Knicks fan but you know we might be looking for the next power forward soon so it's it's really just going to be about you know get you a guy who you think you know get you a wing probably that's going to be your most your most uh versatile position that you can go with right now and the rest of you can fill in the gaps 
Like it's it's just so far away. Any point, any time of contention will be for this team that you have no idea what the roster is going to look like. Take we, back on, by the way. Tara Vinen just scored for the Hurricanes. It's one nice. one. Take on, uh, for, Carolina fire their GM. Yeah, well, yeah. they didn't fire him. Yeah, no, the NHL, the NHL does the weird thing where it's we're not going to fire you because we still have to pay you, but you're going to become a very superfluous position. Oh, gotcha. He's president okay. of hockey operations, which means nothing. Yeah. He has no say over anything. He's just a guy in the front office that is removed from the team because we don't want to fire him since we have to pay him millions of dollars still. The president role is so interesting in sports because it's just like they either have all the power or none of the power. I feel like in in football, not in baseball and in basketball, president of operations means you're running the whole fucking thing and everyone reports to you. Whereas hockey, it literally means nothing. And football, it could go either way. Like John Elway, I think, is president of football operations. But then most teams just have general managers. They don't have that yeah. position. But like every NBA team has both. So that's it. I, to me, it always feels like it's either one or the other has the power and the titles are kind of superfluous. Well, listen, it's over yes. for that guy. And in general, I want to go back to where we were in the draft. That guy. That guy. He's done. I actually forgot his name. Ron uh, Francis. Don't forget his name. He's a Hartford Whaler legend. Is he? Yeah. Ron what? Francis is a Hockey Hall of Famer. You should know these things. I shouldn't. Um, yes, you should. Probably. This is why I like coming out of this podcast, because I really don't have to know that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neither does Ryan. He well, comes out every week. I'm here every week. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, do the same thing on my pod. Yeah, it's great. I want to be in the top three of our draft. That's kind of where I'm hoping you guys land also. If you get the... Not going to happen. Wait, why not? Because we are too good for way too long. And, like, you got to look at where the NBA Eastern Conference is right now. The tank is ridiculous in the NBA. Honestly, like, I'm going on Tankathon right now. Um, Tankathon's a great site. They even have a little, like, NHL section. They have the NHL section. I used it last week on the pod. Yeah. Okay. The Grizzlies may never win another game. Period. That's a fucking thing. Like, Grizzly, like, everyone's been so bad. Everyone's been so bad. Listen, all right, I'm going to read off. And it was worse a couple of days ago because there was three te- there were six teams with the same record. But Memphis has 18 wins. Phoenix has 19. Orlando's got 20. Atlanta's got 20. And it's just 21, 21, 21, 23. And then finally in ninth place, the Knicks have 24 wow, yeah, wins. Memphis has 25%. You said crazy. the Me- yeah. Memphis Rivies have 18 wins. They've lost their last 17 games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> and we're on a seven-game losing streak, too. It's It's nuts. Just can't um, catch anyone. The tank, yeah, no. the tank in, in the NHL isn't isn't that crazy. It's really not. Because isn't it that the NHL just doesn't release enough information for to make like teams be able to strategize for it well? Or it, to like make you, it you have to like thing? get into the top three first and then you know you have to yeah, have to get into I think it's you have like, look, someone is gonna tell us that we're just completely fucking wrong. Absolutely. I think it's something like you have to be in the top ten to have a shot at the top three. And then they pick three no. ping pong balls from there. And then they pick three out of the three that they've picked in the top three. That's who gets the, the first. Fi- the 15 spot still has a chance to be in the top three. So, like, right now, Anaheim is in the 15 spot. They have a 3.3% chance to get in the top okay. three. To yeah. be- but then from, from there, you have to win the number one overall in the top three again. Yeah, you have to win two lotteries to win the NHL lottery. Gotcha. I mean, like, I kind of like that better in a way. The NBA is totally redoing their lottery next year, too. As they should. Uh, they're doing, I think it's the first three picks all have equal the equal chance of getting the number one pick, like the first three losing records. So you can't just try to tank all the way to the bottom mm-hmm. and then like kind of distributes a little bit out from there. But yeah, it's like right now, if you have the number one spot in the uh, in 
you know, if you have the worst record in the NBA, then you have a 25% chance of getting number one. And the worst you can do is number four. Yeah. So right now, Arizona has the best chance to get the number one overall. And it's 18%. Now yeah. they're almost 50% to get in the top three. And this year's draft is loaded from my understanding. Cause I know everything mm-hmm. as we've already talked about. <laughs> and I mean, we're the New York Rangers are at 18% for the top three right now. And this is your weekly tank update to get the overall number one. We have a 5.8% chance. So we are saying there's a chance that Dolan's on this team. And the answer is yes. He's an oiler already. I don't know how many times I have to tell you. he's an I, oiler. I will fucking cry. They're so, really good. Let me, let me ask you guys a question here. Yeah, sure. Shoot. Um, what does this change for you guys next year? Like, how, how does how does potentially being a building team, you know, for the first time that you guys, maybe not necessarily directly related to the pod, but you guys as fans, like, how does this make you cope differently? How should I be coping with this differently moving forward? I think Greg and I are going to have different opinions here. But, Greg, you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, I can go first. I think, as I said earlier on this pod, you have no way of knowing that because you're doing this interview before we release the podcast. When a team like the Rangers are going through a rebuild, it's definitely no longer about the team result. You have to focus in on individual players that you want to identify as that guy's a building block for the Rangers moving forward. So his performances are going to outweigh the overall team performance. So for example, Pavel Buchnevich, 23, 24 year old winger. He's an obvious piece to whatever next great Ranger team will be. Buchnevich is likely going to be a part of it. So what he does on a nightly basis is more important than what the Rangers do. Now, what that could mean, obviously, is the Rangers could win games that they might otherwise not if Pavel Buchnevich has a great game. I would mm. see that as a win because I need him to take his game to a certain level in order for this team to be good moving forward. And as in relation to how I think the Rangers will be next year, I'm still of the opinion where – the Rangers aren't necessarily going to build themselves a quote-unquote cup contender, but I think this is a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot. I think it's young enough and has a, enough pieces currently in-house where, I mean, we've seen what the Metropolitan Conference is this year. It, it's poor. It, it's putrid. Which is so funny because at the start of the season, we were like, this is the this is hell. There's no way. This is the toughest division in, in hockey. And yeah, boy. I just recently saw, like a couple of weeks ago, I saw the Penguins record, and I was pretty shocked by, yeah. Oh, what they were looking like up to at a certain point. But yeah, I mean, they, they've kind of recovered since that time. They, they have. There are 84 points and they lead the Metro. For reference, the Lightning have 100 and the, the Predators have 98. So that's nuts. Yeah. So the the Penguins, you know, we were supposed to be the Metro. We're supposed to be like this hellhole of hockey. And it kind of hasn't been at all. No team is really dominant at all. You know, it's funny, like quick aside, uh, one of my favorite things I got to do was I was visiting my girlfriend's family in Iowa last year and got them to turn on the hockey game, I think, for the first time in their lives. Which game? Uh, uh, the Stanley Cup final. It, oh, okay. it, it was, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, hockey's going on right now. And, like, they were just interested to get to know me, so they let me just put on hockey. And that's that's definitely one way to get through a, you know, first-time meeting with your girlfriend's family. Hockey. Yeah, <laughs> just as much hockey. I think hockey or, uh, hockey is really underrated in its watchability. I think a lot of people don't take, oh, yeah. don't take the time to, like, just sit down and be like, hey, this is – wait, they just play for 20 minutes and then I can walk away for 15 and do whatever I want? Yep. Uh, yep. There's like one mini commercial, maybe. Meanwhile, in the NFL, I I <laughs> read like a whole magazine of ads every single time I watch a game. Yeah, and the biggest trick I can play on someone is be like, oh, no, there's only five minutes left in the game when I'm watching a basketball game. Yeah. And we chill for no, 35 it's, more. It's 35 yeah, there's, more an, there's an hour left in the game. Yeah. All right, but wait, hold on, Ryan. I never got your answer for, oh. for what – 
what I'm, to do. I, I'm, I, I've watched Arizona. I've seen Vancouver. I've seen even Carolina try to do these tank things, and it hasn't really worked out for them. They haven't mm-hmm. lost. I mean, this is I, this doesn't make sense for Arizona, but they haven't lost enough. I'm fine with taking one more year of just like shitting the bed, playing all the kids, losing as much as possible, being terrible. I'm really okay with that. It really comes down to the ping pong balls, quote unquote, for not even quote unquote. Actually, comes down to those fucking balls at the end of the day, to where we'll, we'll end up as a team. But I, I would be fine just playing all the kids, exactly what Greg said, where the individual takes for it. But I'm cool with just losing and not being in the playoffs one more year to build a team that's going to be sort of a, a contender for years to come. I'm fine with oh, that. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. I think there is, uh, there's so much of what you're both saying in there that's that's absolutely correct. It's like, you know, to touch on like what Greg's saying is like, yeah, you want, like, you kind of almost you want to root for all of your guys to do as well as possible, especially the young dudes. Like you want to see Bushnevitz go out there and fucking tear it up every game. Yeah. Like if, if they win every game next year, just because, you know, he fucking scores 120 points. <laughs> I, I, I won't I be complaining. I'll just be naked everywhere. But, <laughs> but I mean, it would be a great thing, obviously, but you know, it's like, but at the same time, you know, that's not going to happen. No, and, and Heedle, I would love to come up, and he's going to have rookie blues too. Uh, I think right, and that's the other thing. There's so many guys that you have to. There, you know, it's not just you know any one guy that's going to be out there. It's you have so many, especially with the hockey team. You know, that's kind of where it differs from the NBA a lot too. Is that you have all these guys who need to kind of come together at once. Um, and so if that takes a year or two of them figuring out you know how to do that, and then they all hit their stride, you know, on that year three, then that yeah, that's absolutely worth it. I'm so. still I'm still of the unpopular. I think it's an unpopular opinion because I think most Ranger fans are just assuming it's going to happen. I'm not convinced Tito and Anderson are going to be Rangers next year. I think both are going to be given another full season in Hartford. And again, that's fine. Yeah, there's no reason to call yeah. them up. I, I don't no I don't agree with you, but I'd be fine with it. I think I, that, just, I, I think they come up next year too. I'm with uh, Corbo on this one. I just I I just don't see I I don't really see it. They're both going to be teenagers still. They I mean as great as Hedl has been specifically. This is a guy that's still going to play just a shade over half a season in Hartford. That's not mm-hmm. a lot of hockey to get ready for a grinding 82-game NHL regular season. I think I, just, I yeah. think you throw him into the fire and see what you got. At You're least, right. I, I think it's fine for players to burn out. Like I, it happen, It's going to happen with like every player. Every player hits a wall at one point or another. Um, I want to lose anyway, so I want him to get the experience of, hey, this is what the NHL hockey is like. You're going to be here for the next 20 years. So let's get it started. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of my thought too. Cause I wanted a like for the Knicks this year, and I'm just going to keep on going back to make Knicks references because that's how I see is that, sports. Is that what you point. do? You do the Knicks podcast? That's, yeah. Is that the Knicks uh, wall on, on the what was that? Plug that one more time. Uh, I mean, there's the TKW podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's TKW the podcast. The wall podcast. Yeah, there's yeah, 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 the, yeah. Uh, wow. the yet unnamed Matt Spendley podcast. Wow. Matt Spendley. Um, wow. Okay. All right. Go yeah, on. Okay. Anyway. But, uh, you know, it's like I wanted the Knicks to hit the, uh, to make the playoffs this year, even if they, like, I would, I wanted a Knicks sweep basically in the playoffs this year, just because I wanted Porzingis to get there and to get the experience and get a taste of it so we can come back into next year hungrier and he can come back a little bit more experience and he has a little, couple of tools under his belt and, you know, maybe those things are, are all kind of arbitrary things, but, you know, I, I just think from my perspective as a sports fan and just kind of, you know, anytime I've excelled in anything, I always feel like, you know, I got to get there first before I can fully get it. And they're like, I don't know if you can get there a year earlier, then that's that's just what I want to see. Who says you've ever excelled at anything? I, I don't <laughs> believe that I ever honestly have. I mean, I'm working on the logo right now as we talk and it's it's not excelling either. Oh, you're using Excel. You should probably use Photoshop. 
I'm not. Uh, I am working. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, was, that was a terrible no, joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it got. It got him though. It that did. Was pretty, that, yeah. I got him. That was good. All right. Okay. Um, Corbel, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, uh, dude. It's always good. It's always good hanging. It was good seeing you last week, too. Yeah, of course. Got to hang out with Corbo, eat some wings. Bone in. <laughs> not, bone not cool. bone <laughs> in wings. Right? Fuck me, right? This yeah, is fine. You weren't in Chicago. Yeah. Why weren't you in New York? <laughs> yeah. I love that. You're soon. Yeah, we're going to hang out. We, we might go to the beach with Corbo. What? By, yeah. by the way. So we'll go. We'll, we'll get into that in the future. Were you planning on telling me this? We're going to do a live pod on the beach. It's yeah, going to be great. Beach Boys. Are you are you pulling a Gennardi and just not telling me things? Oh my god! Shout out to our oh we have a friend Vinny. Uh, we're Greg and I are very close to Vinny. Vinny's been on this podcast. Um, yeah. Vinny has withheld information from us. Vinny didn't tell us he had a girlfriend until today. Where's Vinny from? He's from up. Uh, he's from Albany, where, where Greg is from. Yeah. yeah. Well, well again, I'm not from Albany. Just because I live here doesn't mean I'm from. Oh, here. it's from so, exactly. Okay, so Vinny, feel that. Vinny's still from the Upstate area, and he's, he's actually from here. I just I I get bristled. I but. Connecticut our, roots get our, bristled when you say. Our whole point is that Vinny, you and I talk to Vinny almost every day, right? Uh huh. All right. Uh, he has a girlfriend for a month. We have no idea till today. Well, no, you had no. I idea had no idea, idea till today. today. You found out a week ago. I found out a couple weeks ago. The the thing is, still bullshit. By the way, here's 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 the thing. When uh, Vin Vin and I, I we we know this. Like Vin is going to be a groomsman at my wedding for sure. This is a conversation we've had. I'm never getting married, so he never has to. Yeah, I was going to say, say there's no chance, no chance, no chance. That's not the thing. Plan or a dream? I take, as, I'll, I'll take two bets a, ever. It's the Pope, uh, Bono being the Pope, and Greg getting married. They're both one thousand to one. <laughs> as, I'll, I'll take. The, I'll just get married for the winning of the money, and then I'll get the split it. But here's here's the thing, and I told Vin this. Um, no! <laughs> I deserve to know things. I have to end this out now. I love that. I love that. I have to end I can't keep this in. Why, why can't you? I kill you. He will be pissed. Just, just, just bleep it, man. Uh, just bleep it. Send it Send it to me. I'll put some fucking music under it. I'll, I'll, I'll put music in. I'll do something. Fuck you. I'm just saying I have rights to know things There's in his no life. There's no way. All right. So we just talked about something that I can't put in the podcast. We will never tell you. It's a sensor beep. It was a oh, sensor I've always beep. wanted to be an insider on one of those, except for the ones on my show, because it's lame when you do it to yourself. But. Yeah. Uh, all right, Corbo, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Thank and, you, guys. And uh, good luck on the next Wall Tonight podcast. Thanks, Pog- man. Hey, plug your Twitter before you go. Uh, wish I was Corbo. Uh, C-O-R-B-O. Yeah, we all do in yeah, a, in a certain way, kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, more importantly, at the Knicks wall, um, if you are interested in the Knicks and kind of want to stay current for the rest of the season and even the summer, too, we're going to have some cool guests on. I'm sure we'll have these two fine gentlemen on probably more than once because we don't know that many people. Probably. Uh, and, um, and just download. Yeah. Who cares? Just hit the download yeah. button. Just subscribe yeah, just, and download. That's all. Yeah, iTunes, all those other places. You can get it. Cool, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later, guys. Peace out. Hey, thanks. We're back. Some would Cor- Corbo just left, but we're still here. Um, I love Corbo. Glad to have him on the podcast. Great, great, great dude. Uh, if, if you have any interest in basketball and you, for whatever reason, whether a gun's pointing at your head or not, and you follow the Knicks, anything Knicks wall related. Yeah, they do a good job. Knicks film school is awesome, too. Um, yeah, oh, I fucking love Knicks film school. Quick baseball take before we get out of here. Hit me. I, you know, Neil Walker was signed by the Yankees today. That means. For, former Met great. Former Met great. I like the signing. Seems solid. Yeah, it's good signing. It tells me good that signing. Glaber Torres is going to stay in AAA. Fine with I it. Think that, I think that was always happening. I think it more says Ronald Torres is not the answer. Right. That is also correct. And uh, I'm going to butcher his name. You own him in Dynasty, the third baseman. Aduar. I can't say. Anduar. Anduar. Um, he's also staying down. I don't think he'll make the team. 
out of camp. Even even he's, with he's been smashing. Though, right? I, I know. I actually. But they, they, I I don't see them benching Brandon Drury. This is my point, and yeah. I, I I wanted to get to this. I am a Brandon Drury homer, like big time. This guy's my dude, and I think here's my hot take for the year. I think Brandon Drury stays in the lineup of the Yankees the entire year. I think he finds a way. I think there might might be an injury in the outfield. Who knows? Maybe he surpasses Brett Gardner. He's played outfield before. I think he could stick at, at second base or third base if both the kids don't work out. And his bat is better than you think. And I'm surprised. I, I, I'm su- I, don't, I don't disagree. I, I think I'm surprised I, I, Arizona gave him up. I'm, I really am. Arizona's a strange situation. They gave up Didi. Really they gave up Didi, and Didi's been fucking great for the Yankees, and now they have Drew. Here's, here's my thing. I, I am on record saying the Neil Walker signing makes a ton of sense for the Yankees. I like it. As long as he's healthy, that is a productive bat you can have at second base. He's not going to ever win you a gold glove, but he's also not Daniel Murphy. Like, he's not going to butcher baseballs out there. Um, he's a solid player. But it, it, in my mind, I agree with you. I think it definitely means that Andujar is not breaking camp with the Yanks this year because Brandon Jury could have easily slotted in as second base. Oh, he's yeah. a better third baseman than a second baseman, but like Walker, he's no slouch over at second. No, he's fine. Could have shifted him to second and started the season with Andujar at third. To me, the Yankees didn't acquire Brandon Jury for him to be a, a bench on the bat. No, bench, bench on the bat. Brent, Brent Brandon Jury yeah. is going to play all year. There's a chance that someone gets injured and he's going to fill in. He he's uh, versatile in that kind of aspect. Not a not a plus defender anywhere, but enough to be like serviceable. Even if Greg, like let's say Greg Bird isn't the batter we think he is, which is there's a chance for that, by the way, Greg. And Brandon Drury could probably slot into first base. I'm less optimistic than you are about Drury staying in the lineup all season. Uh, he's going to get every opportunity to do it. But I could also see a scenario where it's it's June fifteenth and Drury is getting two starts a week. Bench boy, yeah, could be the could be the fact. But I uh, I'm a big Drury fan, and that's my that's my hot take for the week. Can I give you my Mets hot take to counteract that? Yeah, Jake Arrieta is uh, done and over, and they paid him too much money. Well, that's the Phillies. Okay. Do you want my Jake Arrieta take? Yeah, let's do Jake Arrieta, and then let's do Mets, and we'll get out of here. I just I there was there were Mets fans that were angry that they weren't in on Jake Arrieta. No. Why? Why? Here's the thing. There's look, it, it's happened before, but there are also a clear track record of pitchers after the age of 32 when they're coming off a down season. They're not going to miraculously get better. I like Jack Arietta. This this is not supposed to be necessarily the most condescending comment I've ever made. But if you combine, if you compare his season to Seth Lugo, it's a one to one. Like if, if you wanted the Mets to sign another Seth Lugo, then sure. I don't know why you have to be uh, in for dollars a year. Arietta's upside is way more than Seth Lugo. We both know that. I know, but I'm saying if you look at Jake Arietta's age 32 season last year, mm-hmm. it is comparable to that of what Seth Lugo did for the New York Mets last year. Okay. It, that's the kind of pitcher he was. Last, I'm, uh, Jake Arietta in 2017 or 20, 2017 was Seth Lugo. Now – is there a chance that Jake Arrieta can once again – I don't think he'll ever be 2015 Jake Arrieta when he was a seven-win pitcher. I agree with you. He could be maybe a four-win pitcher next year. But this is a guy whose biggest problem last year was the long ball. And he found a way to go from a hitter's ballpark in Wrigley Field to a more obvious hitter's ballpark in Philadelphia. It's going to have a tough time. It, it's going to be rough. I, the contract's not bad, though. It is short, can opt out after three years. And it's it's front-loaded. It is what it is. I don't think he's going to opt out of it because I don't think he's going to be all that good next year. Mm-hmm. It's just, if, if I'm supposed to feel nervous that the Philadelphia Phillies have acquired Jake Arrieta, it's not doing it. 
Yeah, there's I'm other more, players. I'm still, more, I'm still more afraid of Aaron Nola than I am Jake Arrieta. There's other players to be more afraid about in the NL East right now. Acuna being one of them. So I'm not really afraid of him. I need to see it from Acuna. Okay. I, I know the hype. I know it's there, but I need to see it. We'll see. I pros, Prospects. Reese Hoskins scares the shit out of me. What about Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman. Freddie, bro, he's a Met killer. That doesn't count. Yeah, that's true. Like Ryan Howard, even when he couldn't walk, was still scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, my Met take, though... Adrian Gonzalez is having a bad spring. And you know what? Who gives a fuck? That's fine. Like the Mets, here's my hot take is, I think by June, Adrian Gonzalez will be released. Dom Smith will still be in AAA. But Todd Frazier will be playing for th- first base. Drupal Cabrera will move back to third base. And one of Gavin Cicchini or Luis Guillorme will be the Mets' second baseman for the rest of the season. That'll be it. I'm a big Guillorme guy. Big, big, big. You, you want to? You, my Met prospect that I'm big on this year, Luis Guillorme. Really? That's your sleeper? best best infield defense I've seen on the Mets since Ray Ordonez. Whoa. He, he's he, okay. If you're expecting him to hit Don't. a slugging percentage over 400, Don't ain't gonna fucking happen. Okay. But defense. He's, he's the the Ryan. The defense is incredible. Okay, I'll and check it out. I I got to watch him for a, once upon a time when I lived in Savannah, Georgia, and worked for the Savannah Sandnets. Uh, Luis Guillorme spent an entire year playing shortstop for that team. He made plays I honestly didn't think possible on the infield. Quickest hands I've ever seen. Balls in and out of his glove in less than a hundredth of a second. Okay. Uh, so let's get the fuck out of here because we got to go. And yeah. thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, to Anthony, for coming on. Mr. Corbo. Uh, we'll be back next week. Lord knows what we're going to talk about. Probably more tank stuff. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Blue Break. Don't forget... Your five-star question on iTunes. Rate five stars. Choose a question. We're going to start taking questions for their question of the week. We might do one or two. We're going to read whatever you say. Call it and shout you out. So whatever you want to say, put it on there. And we'll be back next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.